0: The O-God listened attentively. Susan was amazed. He didn't seem to disbelieve anything. She'd never been able to talk like this before and said so. "'I think it's because I haven't got any preconceived ideas,' said the O-God. "'It comes of not having been conceived, probably.' "'Well, that's how it is, anyway,' said Susan. "'Obviously I haven't inherited physical characteristics. "'I suppose I just look at the world in a certain way.' "'What way?' It doesn't always present barriers. Like this, for example. She closed her eyes. She felt better if she didn't see what she was doing. Part of her would keep on insisting it was impossible. All she felt was a faintly cold, prickling sensation. What did I just do? She said, her eyes still shut. Er, uh, you waved your hand through the table, said the O-God. You see? Um I, I assume that most humans can't do that. No! You don't have to shout. I'm not very experienced about humans, am I? Apart from around the point the sun shines through the gap in the curtains. And then they're mainly wishing that the ground would open up and swallow them. I mean, the humans, not the curtains. Susan leaned back in her chair and knew that a tiny part of her brain was saying, Yes, there is a chair here. It's a real thing. You can sit on it. There's other things, she said. I can remember things. Things that haven't happened yet. Isn't that useful? No, because I never know what they... Look, it's like looking at the future through a keyhole. You see bits of things, but you never really know what they mean until you arrive where they are and see where the bit fits in. That could be a problem, said the O-God politely. Believe me, it's the waiting that's the worst part. You keep watching out for one of the bits to go past. I mean, I don't usually remember anything useful about the future, just twisted little clues that don't make sense until it's too late. Are you sure you don't know why you turned up at the Hogfather's Castle? No, I just remember being a... Well, can you understand what I mean by a disembodied mind? Oh, yes. Good. Now, can you understand what I mean by a disembodied headache? And then, next moment, I was lying on a back I didn't used to have in a lot of cold white stuff I'd never seen before. But I suppose if you're going to pop into existence, you've got to do it somewhere. ''Somewhere where someone else who should have existed didn't,'' said Susan, half to herself. ''Pardon?'' ''The Hogfather wasn't there,'' said Susan. ''He shouldn't have been there anyway, not tonight. ''But this time he wasn't there not because he was somewhere else, but because he wasn't anywhere anymore. ''Even his castle was vanishing.'' ''I expect us will get the hang of this incarnation business as I go along,'' said the O-God. ''Most people,'' Susan began... A shudder ran through her body. Oh no, what's he doing? What's he doing? A job well done, I fancy. The sleigh thundered across the night. Frozen fields passed underneath. Hmm, said Albert. He sniffed. What do you call that warm feeling you get inside? Heartburn, Albert snapped. Do I detect a note of unseasonal grumpiness? said Death. No sugar piggy-wiggy for you, Albert. I don't want any present, Master, Albert sighed, except maybe to wake up and find it's all back to normal. Look, you know it always goes wrong when you start changing things. But the Hogfather can change things. Little miracles all over the place, with many a merry ho-ho-ho, teaching people the real meaning of hog's watch, Albert. What? You mean that the pigs and cattle have all been slaughtered? And with any luck everyone's got enough food for the winter? Well, when I say the real meaning... Some wretched devil's had his head chopped off in a wood somewhere because he found a bean in his dinner and now the summer's going to come back. Not exactly that, but... Oh, you mean that they've chased down some poor beast and shot arrows up into their apple trees and now the shadows are going to go away? That is definitely a meaning, but I... Ah, then you're talking about the one where they light a big bloody bonfire to give the sun a hint and tell it to stop lurking under the horizon and do a proper day's work. Death paused while the hogs hurtled over a range of hills. You're not helping, Albert. Well, they're all the real meanings that I know. I think you could work with me on this. It's all about the sun, Master. White snow and red blood and the sun always has been. Very well, then. The Hogfather can teach people the unreal meaning of watch. Albert spat over the side of the sleigh. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if everyone was nice, eh? There are worse battle cries. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Excuse me. Death reached into his robe and pulled out an hourglass. Turn the sleigh round, Albert. Duty calls which one a more positive attitude would assist at this point thank you so very much fascinating anyone got another pencil said ridcully it's had four already said the lecturer in recent runes, right down to the stub chancellor and you know we buy our own these days it was a sore point like most people with no grasp whatsoever of real economics, mustrum Ridcully equated proper financial control with the counting of paper clips. Even senior wizards had to produce a pencil stub to him before they were allowed a new one out of the locked cupboard below his desk. Since, of course, hardly anyone retained a half-used pencil, the wizards had been reduced to sneaking out and buying new ones with their own money. The reason for the dearth of short pencils was perched in front of them, whirring away as it chewed an HB down to the eraser on the end, which it spat at the bursa. Ponder Stibbons had been making notes. ''I think it works like this,'' he said. ''What we're getting is the personification of forces, just like Hex said, but it only works if the thing is, well, logical,'' he swallowed. Ponder was a great believer in logic, in the face of all the local evidence and he hated having to use the word in this way. I don't mean it's logical that there's a creature that eats socks, but it uh, uh, it makes a sort of sense. I mean, I mean it's a working hypothesis. Bit like the Hogfather, said Ridcully. When you're a kiddie, he's as good an explanation as any, right? What's not logical about there being a goblin that brings me huge bags of money, said the dean sulkily. Ridcully fed the stealer of pencils another pencil. Well, sir, firstly, you've never mysteriously received huge bags of money and needed to find a hypothesis to explain them, and secondly, no one else would think it at all likely. Why is it happening now? said Ridcully. Look, it's hopped onto my finger. Anyone got another pencil? Well, these forces have always been here, said Ponder. I mean, socks and pencils have always inexplicably gone missing, haven't they? But why they're suddenly getting personified like this, I'm afraid I don't know. Well, we'd better find out, hadn't we? said Ridcully. Can't have this sort of thing going on. Daft anti-gods and miscellaneous whatnots being created just because people have thought about them. We could have anything turn up, anyway. Supposing some idiot says there must be a god of indigestion, eh? Glingle, 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 glingle. Um. I think someone just did, sir, said Ponder. What's the matter? What's the matter? said the O-God. He took Susan by the shoulders. They felt bony under his hands. Damn! said Susan. She pushed him away and steadied herself on the table, taking care that he didn't see her face. Finally, with a measure of the self-control she'd taught herself over the last few years, she managed to get her own voice back. "'He's slipping out of character,' she muttered, to the hall in general. "'I can feel him doing it, and that drags me in. "'What's he doing it all for?' "'Search me,' said the O-God, who'd backed away hurriedly. "Um, just then, before you turned your face away, "'it looked as though you were wearing very dark eyeshadow. only you weren't... "'Look, it's very simple,' said Susan, spinning round. "'She could feel her hair restyling itself, which it always did when it was anxious.' You know how stuff runs in families? Blue eyes, buck teeth, that sort of thing. Well, death runs in my family. Um, in everybody's family, doesn't it? Said the O-God. Just shut up, please. Don't gabble, said Susan. I didn't mean death. I meant death, with a capital D. I remember things that haven't happened yet, and I can talk that talk and stalk that stalk, and if he gets sidetracked, then I'll have to do it. And he does get sidetracked. I don't know what's really happened to the real Hogfather or why Grandfather's doing his job, but I know a bit about how he thinks and he's got no, no mental shields like we have. He doesn't know how to forget things or ignore things. He takes everything literally and logically and doesn't understand why that doesn't always work. She saw his bemused expression. Look, how would you make sure everyone in the world was well fed? She demanded. ''Me? Oh, well, I...'' The O-God spluttered for a moment. ''I suppose you'd have to think about the prevalent political systems and the proper division and cultivation of arable land and...'' ''Yes, yes, but he'd just give everyone a good meal,'' said Susan. ''Oh, I see. Very impractical. (laughs) ''It's as silly as saying you could clothe the naked by giving them some clothes. ''Yes!'' I mean, no, of course not. I mean, obviously you'd give... Oh, you know what I mean. Yes, I suppose so. But he wouldn't. There was a crash beside them. A burning wheel always rolls out of flaming wreckage. Two men carrying a large sheet of glass always cross the road in front of any comedy actor involved in a crazy car chase. Some narrative conventions are so strong that equivalents happen even on planets where the rocks boil at noon. And when a fully laden table collapses, one miraculously unbroken plate always rolls across the floor and spins to a halt. Susan and the O-God watched it, and then turned their attention to the huge figure, now lying in what remained of an enormous centrepiece made of fruit. He just came right out of the air, whispered the O-God. Really? Don't just stand there, give me a hand to help him up, will you? said Susan, pulling at a large melon. Um, that's a bunch of grapes behind his ear. Well, I don't like even to think about grapes. Oh, come on! Together they managed to get the newcomer onto his feet. Toga, sandals, he looks a bit like you, said Susan, as the fruit victim swayed heavily. Was I that green colour? Close. Um, is, is there a privy nearby? mumbled their burden through clammy lips. ''I believe it's through that arch over there,'' said Susan. ''I've heard it's not very pleasant, though.'' ''That's not a rumour, that's a forecast,'' said the fat figure and lurched off. ''And then can I please have a glass of water and one charcoal biscuit?'' They watched him go. ''Friend of yours?'' said Susan. ''God of indigestion, I think. Look, I uh, I think I do remember something.'' "'said the O-God, just before I, um, incarnated. "'But it sounds stupid. "'Well?' "'Teeth,' said the O-God. "'Susan hesitated. "'You don't mean something attacking you, do you?' she said flatly. "'No, just a sensation of toothiness. "'Probably doesn't mean much. "'As God of hangovers, I see a lot worse, I can tell you. "'Just teeth?' Lots of teeth, but not horrible teeth. Just lots and lots of little teeth. Almost sad. Yes. How did you know? Oh, I... Maybe I remember you telling me before you told me. I don't know. How about a big, shiny red globe? The god looked thoughtful for a moment and then said, No, can't help you there, I'm afraid. It's just teeth. Rows and rows of teeth. I don't remember rows, said Susan. I just felt... "'Teeth were important.' "'Nah, it's amazing what you can do with a beak,' said the raven, "'who'd been investigating the laden table "'and had succeeded in levering a lid off a jar. "'What have you got there?' said Susan wearily. "'Eyeballs,' said the raven. "Ah, "'Wizards know how to live all right, eh? "'They don't want for nothing around here, I can tell you.' "'They're olives,' said Susan. "'Tough luck,' said the raven.' They're mine now. They're a kind of fruit, or a vegetable, or something. You sure? The raven swiveled one doubtful eye on the jar, and the other on her. Yes. The eyes swiveled again. So you're an eyeball expert, all of a sudden? Look, they're green, you stupid bird. They could be very old eyeballs, said the raven defiantly. Sometimes they go like that. "'Squeak!' said the Death of Rats, who was halfway through a cheese. "'And not so much of the stupid,' said the raven. Corvids are exceptionally bright with reasoning, "'and in the case of some forest species, tool-using abilities.' "'Oh, so you are an expert on ravens, are you?' said Susan. "'Madam, I happen to be a... "'Squeak!' said the Death of Rats again. They both turned. It was pointing at its grey teeth. The Tooth Fairy, said Susan. What about her? Squeak! Rows of teeth, said the O-God again. Like, rows, you know. What's the Tooth Fairy? Oh, you see her around a lot these days, said Susan. Or them, rather. It's a sort of franchise operation. You get the ladder, the money belt and the pliers and you're set up. Pliers? If she can't make change, she has to take an extra tooth on account. But look, the tooth fairies are harmless enough. I've met one or two of them. They're just working girls. They don't menace anyone. Squeak! I just hope Grandfather doesn't take it into his head to do their job as well. Good grief, the thought of it. They collect teeth? Yes, obviously. Why? Why? It's their job. I meant why, where do they take the teeth after they collect them? I don't know, they just, well, they just take the teeth and leave the money, said Susan. What sort of a question is that? Where do they take the teeth? I just wondered, that's all. Probably all humans know. I'm probably very silly for asking. It's probably a well-known fact. Susan looked thoughtfully at the death of rats. Actually, where do they take the teeth? Squeak. He says search him, said the raven. Maybe they sell em. "'It pecked at another jar. "'How about these? "'These look nice and wrinkly.' "'Pickled walnuts,' said Susan absently. "'What do they do with the teeth? "'What use is there for a lot of teeth?' "'But what harm can a tooth fairy do?' "'Have we got time to find one and ask her?' said the O-God. "'Time isn't a problem,' said Susan. "'There are those who believe knowledge is something that is acquired, "'a precious ore.' "'hacked, as it were, from the grey strata of ignorance. "'There are those who believe that knowledge can only be recalled, "'that there was some golden age in the distant past "'when everything was known and the stones fitted together "'so you could hardly put a knife between them, you know, "'and it's obvious that they had flying machines, right, "'because of the way the earthworks can only be seen from above, yeah? "'And there's this museum I read about "'where they found a pocket calculator "'under the altar of this ancient temple. "'You know what I'm saying?' but the government, like, hushed it up. It's amazing how good governments are, given their track record in almost every other field, at hushing up things like alien encounters. One reason may be that the aliens themselves are too embarrassed to talk about it. It's not known why most of the space-going races of the universe want to undertake rummaging in earthling underwear as a prelude to formal contact, but representatives of several hundred races have taken to hanging out, unsuspected by one another, in rural corners of the planet and as a result of this keep on abducting other would-be abductees. Some have been in fact abducted while waiting to carry out an abduction on a couple of other aliens trying to abduct the aliens who were, as a result of misunderstood instructions, trying to form cattle into circles and mutilate crops. The planet Earth is now banned to all alien races until they can compare notes and find out how many, if any, real humans they have actually got. It is gloomily suspected that there is only one, who is big, hairy, and has very large feet. The truth may be out there, but lies are inside your head. Mustrum Ridcully believed that knowledge could be acquired by shouting at people, and was endeavouring to do so. The wizards were sitting around the uncommon room table, which was piled high with books. "'It is Hogswatch, Arch Chancellor,' said the dean reproachfully, thumbing through an ancient volume. "'Not until midnight!' said Ridcully sorting this out will give you fellows an appetite for your dinner I think I might have something Arch-Chancellor said the chair of indefinite studies this is Waddily's basic gods there's some stuff here about lares and Panates that seems to fit the bill Laries and panarties what were they when they were at home said Ridcully ha 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 said the chair what? said Ridcully "'I thought you were making a rather good joke, Arch-Chancellor,' said the Chair. "'Was I? I didn't mean to,' said Ridcully. "'Nothing new there,' said the Dean under his breath. "'What was that, Dean? Nothing, Arch-Chancellor?' "'I thought you made the reference at home, because they are, in fact, household gods. "'Or were, rather. They seemed to have faded away long ago. "'They were little spirits of the house, like, for example three of the other wizards, thinking quite fast for wizards, clapped their hands over his mouth. Careful, said Ridcully, careless talk creates lives. That's why we've got a big fat god of indigestion being ill in the privy. By the way, where's the bursar? He was in the privy, Arch-Chancellor, said the lecturer in recent rooms. What, when the, um, yes, Arch-Chancellor, "'Oh, well, I'm sure he'll be all right,' said Ridcully, in the matter-of-fact voice of someone contemplating something nasty that was happening to someone else out of earshot. "'But we don't want any more of these, uh, what are they, Chair?' Laries and Panartis,' Arch-Chancellor. "'But I wasn't suggesting... "'Seems clear to me something's gone wrong, "'and these little devils are coming back. "'All we have to do is find out what's gone wrong and put it right.' "'Oh, well, I'm glad that's all sorted out.' said the dean. Household gods, said Ridcully. That's what they are, chair? He opened the drawer in his hat and took out his pipe. Yes, Arch-Chancellor, it says here they used to be the local spirits, I suppose. They saw to it that the bread rose and the butter churned properly. Did they eat pencils? What was their attitude in the socks department? Er... This was back in the time of the First Empire, said the Chair of Indefinite Studies. Sandals and togas and so on. Ah, not noticeably socked? Not excessively so, no, and it was nine hundred years before Osric Pensillium first discovered in the graphite-rich sands of the remote island of Sumtree the small bush which, by dint of careful cultivation, he induced... To produce the long... Yes, we can all see you've got the encyclopedia open under the table chair, said Ridcully, but I dare say things have changed a bit. Moved with the times. Bound to have been a few developments, Hm. Once they looked after the bread rising, now we have things that eat pencils and socks, and see to it that you can never find a clean towel when you want one. There was a distant tinkling. He stopped. I just said that, didn't I? He said. The wizards nodded glumly. And this is the first time anyone's mentioned it. The wizards nodded again. Well, damn it, it's amazing. You can never find a clean towel when you're there was a rising whee noise. A towel went by at shoulder height. There was a suggestion of many small wings. That was mine, said the lecturer in recent runes, reproachfully. The towel disappeared in the direction of the great hall. Towel wasps, said the dean. Well done, Arch Chancellor. "'Well, I mean, damn it! It's human nature, isn't it?' said Ridcully hotly. "'Things go wrong, things get lost. "'It's natural to invent little creatures that... "'All right, all right, I'll be careful. "'I'm just saying man is naturally a mythopoeic creature.' "'What's that mean?' said the senior wrangler. "'Means we make up things as we go along,' said the dean, not looking up. "'Um, excuse me, gentlemen?' said Ponder Stibbons, who had been scribbling thoughtfully at the end of the table. Are we suggesting that things are coming back? Do we think that's a viable hypothesis? The wizards looked at one another around the table. Definitely viable. Viable, right enough. Yes, that's the stuff to give the troops. What is? What's the stuff to give the troops? Well, tinned rations, decent weapons, good boots, that sort of thing. What's that? "'got to do with anything. "'Don't ask me. "'He was the one who started talking about giving stuff to the troops. "'Will you lot shut up? "'No one's giving anything to the troops. "'Oh, shouldn't they have something? Oh, "'It's, it's, it's Hogswatch night, after all. "'Look, it was just a figure of speech, all right? "'I just meant I was fully in agreement. "'It's just colourful language. "'Good grief, you surely can't think I'm actually suggesting "'giving stuff to the troops at watch or any other time. "'You weren't? "'No!' That's a bit mean, isn't it? Ponder just let it happen. It's because their minds are so often involved with deep and problematical matters, he told himself, that their mouths are allowed to wander around making a nuisance of themselves. I don't hold with using that thinking machine, said the dean. I've said this before, it's meddling with the cult. The occult has always been good enough for me, thank you very much. On the other hand, it's the only person round here who can think straight... And it does what it's told, said Ridcully. The sleigh roared through the snow, leaving rolling trails in the sky. Oh, what fun, muttered Albert, hanging on tightly. The runners hit a roof near the university and the pigs trotted to a halt. Death looked at the hourglass again. Odd, he said. It's a scythe job, then, said Albert. You won't be wanting the full speed and the jolly laugh. He looked around and puzzlement replaced sarcasm. Hey, how could anyone be dead up here? Someone was. A corpse lay in the snow. It was clear that the man had only just died. Albert squinted up at the sky. There's nowhere to fall from, and there's no footprints in the snow, he said, as death swung his scythe. So where did he come from? Looks like someone's personal guard, being stabbed to death. "'Nasty knife-wound there, see?' "'Eh, uh, it's not good,' agreed the spirit of the man, looking down at himself. "'Then he stared from himself to Albert, to death, "'and his phantom expression went from shock to concern. "'They got the teeth, all of them, they just walked in, and they... "'No, wait!' he faded and was gone. "'Well, what was all that about?' said Albert. "'I have my suspicions. "'See the badge on his shirt? Looks like a drawing of a tooth.' "'Yes, it does.' "'Where's that come from?' "'A place I cannot go.' Albert looked down at the mysterious corpse, and then back up at death's impassive skull. "'I keep thinking it was a funny thing us bumping into your granddaughter like that,' he said. "'Yes.' Albert put his head on one side. "'Given the large number of chimneys and kids in the world, etc.' "'Indeed.' "'Amazing coincidence, really.' It just goes to show. Hard to believe, you might say. Life certainly springs a few surprises. Not just life, I reckon, said Albert. And she got real worked up, didn't she? Flew right off the old handle. Wouldn't be surprised if she started asking questions. That's people for you. But Rat is hanging around, ain't he? He'll probably keep an eye socket on her. Guide her path, probably. He is a little scamp, isn't he? Albert knew he couldn't win. Death had the ultimate poker face. I'm sure she'll act sensibly. Oh, yeah, said Albert as they walked back to the sleigh. He runs in the family, acting sensibly. Like many barmen, Igor kept a club under the bar to deal with those little upsets that occurred around closing time, although, in fact... Ears never closed and no one could ever remember not seeing Igor behind the bar. Nevertheless, things sometimes got out of hand, or paw, or talon. Igor's weapon of choice was a little different. It was tipped with silver, for werewolves, hung with garlic, for vampires, and wrapped around with a strip of blanket, for bogeymen. For everyone else, the fact that it was two feet of solid bog oak usually sufficed. He'd been watching the window. The frost was creeping across it. For some reason, the creeping fingers were forming into a pattern of three little dogs, looking out of a boot. Then someone had tapped him on the shoulder. He spun round, club already in his hand, and relaxed. Oh, it's you, miss. I didn't hear the door. There hadn't been the door. Susan was in a hurry. Have you seen Violet lately, Igor? The Tooth Girl? Igor's one eyebrow writhed in concentration. Mm, Nah, haven't seen her for a week or two. The eyebrow furrowed into a V of annoyance as he spotted the raven, which tried to shuffle behind a half-empty display card of beer nuts. You can get that out of here, miss, he said. You know the rule about pets and familiars. If it can't turn back into a human on demand, it's out. Yeah, well, some of us have more brain cells than fingers, muttered a voice from behind the beer nuts. Where does she live? Now, miss, you know I never answers questions like that. Where does she live, Igor? Shamlegger Street next to the picture framers, said Igor automatically. The eyebrow knotted in anger as he realised what he'd said. Now, miss, you know the rules. I don't get bitten, I don't get me throat torn out and no one hides behind me door and you don't try your granddad's voice on me. "'I could ban you for messing me about like that.' "'Sorry, it's important,' said Susan. "'Out of the corner of her eye, "'she could see that the raven had crept onto the shelves "'and was pecking the top off a jar. "'Yeah, well, suppose one of the vampires "'decides it's important he's missed his tea,' "'grumbled Igor, putting the club away. "'There was a plink from the direction of the pickled egg jar. "'Susan tried hard not to look. "'Can we go?' said the O-God. "'All this alcohol makes me nervous.' Susan nodded and hurried out. Igor grunted, then he went back to watching the frost, because Igor never demanded much out of life. After a while, he heard a muffled voice say, I want one, I want one. It was indistinct because the raven had speared a pickled egg with its beak. Igor sighed and picked up his club, and it would have gone very hard for the raven if the death of rats hadn't chosen that moment to bite Igor on the ear. Down there, said Death. The reins were hauled so sharply, so quickly, that the hogs ended up facing the other way. Albert fought his way out of a drift of teddy bears where he'd been dozing. "'What's up? What's up? Did we hit something?' he said. Death pointed downwards. An endless white snowfield lay below. Only the occasional glow of a window candle or a half-covered hut indicating the presence on this world of brief mortality. Albert squinted and then saw what death had spotted. Ah, "'Some old bugger trudging through the snow,' he said. "'Been gathering wood, by the look of it.' "'Bad night to be out,' he said. "'And I'm out in it too, come to that. "'Look, master, I'm sure you've done enough now to make sure... "'Something's happening down there, ho, ho, ho.' "'Look, he's all right,' said Albert, "'hanging on as the sleigh tumbled downwards. "'There was a brief wedge of light below "'as the wood-gatherer opened the door of a snow-drifted hovel. See over there, there's a couple of blokes catching him up. Look, they're weighed down with parcels and stuff, see? He's going to have a decent hogswatch after all. No problem there. Now, can we go? Death's glowing eye sockets took in the scene in minute detail. It's wrong. Oh, no. Here we go again. The O-God hesitated. "'What do you mean, you can't walk through the door?' said Susan. "'You walked through the door in the bar?' "'That was different. "'I have certain godlike powers in the presence of alcohol. "'Anyway, we've knocked and she hasn't answered "'and whatever happened to Mr Manners?' "'Susan shrugged and walked through the cheap woodwork. "'She knew she probably shouldn't. "'Every time she did something like this, "'she used up a certain amount of, well, normal. "'And sooner or later she'd forget what doorknobs were for, "'just like Grandfather.' Come to think of it, he'd never found out what doorknobs were for. She opened the door from the inside. The O-God stepped in and looked around. This did not take long. It was not a large room. It had been subdivided from a room that itself hadn't been all that big to start with. "'This is where the Tooth Fairy lives,' Bilius said. "'It's a bit pokey, isn't it? Stuff all over the floor. What are these things hanging from the line?' "'They are women's clothes.' "'said Susan, rummaging through the paperwork "'on a small rickety table. "'They're not very big,' said the O-God, "'and a bit thin.' "'Tell me,' said Susan, without looking up, "'these memories you arrived here with, "'they weren't very complicated, were they?' "'Ah!' "'He looked over her shoulder "'as she opened a small red notebook. "'I've only talked to Violet a few times,' she said. "'I think she delivers the teeth somewhere "'and gets a percentage of the money. "'It's not a highly paid line of work. "'You know,' They say you can earn dollars in your spare time. But she says really she could earn more money waiting on tables. Ah, this looks right. What's that? She said she gets given the names every week. What, are the children who are going to lose teeth? Yes, names and addresses, said Susan, flicking through the pages. That doesn't sound very likely. Pardon me, but are you the god of hangovers? Oh, look, here's Twyla's tooth last month. She smiled at the neat grey writing. She practically hammered it out because she needed the half dollar. "'Do you like children?' said the o She gave him a look. "'Not raw,' she said. "'Other peoples are okay. "'Hold on.' She flicked some pages back and forth. "'There's just blank days,' she said. "'Look, the last few days all unticked, no names. "'But if you go back a week or two, look, they're all properly marked off "'and the money added up at the bottom of the page, see? "'And this can't be right, can it?' There were only five names entered on the first unticked night for the previous week. Most children instinctively knew when to push their lark, and only the greedy or dentally improvident called out the Tooth Fairy around Hogswatch. Read the names, said Susan. William Whittles, a.k.a. Willie, home, Tosser, school, second floor back bedroom, 68 Kicklebury Street, Sophie Langtree, a.k.a. Daddy's Princess, Attic Bedroom 5, The Hippo. The Hon Geoffrey Bibbleton, a.k.a. Trouble in Trousers, Home, Four Eyes, School, First Floor Back, Scroat Manor, Park Lane. He stopped. I say, this is a bit intrusive, isn't it? It's a whole new world, said Susan. You haven't got there yet. Keep going. New Huckmay Iktar, a.k.a. Little Jewel, Basement, The Laughing Falafel, Clatchistan Takeaway and All-Night Grocery, Corner, Soak and Dimwell. Reginald Lilywhite, a.k.a. Banjo, the Park Lane Bully, Have You Seen This Man, the Goose Gate Grabber, the Knapp Hill Lurker, Room 17, YMPA. YMPA? It's what we generally call the Young Men's Reformed Cultists of the Ecor God Bell Shahamroth Association, said Susan. Does that sound to you like someone who'd expect a visit from a tooth fairy? No. Me neither. He sounds like someone who'd expect a visit from the watch. Susan looked around. It really was a crummy room. The sort rented by someone who probably took it, never intending to stay long. The sort where walking across the floor in the middle of the night would be accompanied by the crack of cockroaches in a death flamenco. It was amazing how many people spent their whole lives in places where they never intended to stay. Cheap. Narrow bed, crumbling plaster, tiny window. She opened the window and fished around below the ledge, and felt satisfied when her questing fingers closed on a piece of string which was attached to an oilcloth bag. She hauled it in. What's that? said the O-God as she opened it on the table. Oh, you see them a lot, said Susan, taking out some packages wrapped in second-hand waxed paper. You live alone, mice and roaches eat everything, there's nowhere to store food, but outside the window it's cold and safe. More or less safe. It's an old trick. Now, look at this. Leathery bacon, a green loaf and a bit of cheese you could shave. She hasn't been back home for some time, believe me. Oh dear, what now? Where would she take the teeth? said Susan, to the world in general, but mainly to herself. What the hell does the tooth fairy do with... There was a knock at the door. Susan opened it. Outside was a small, bald man in a long brown coat. He was holding a clipboard and blinked nervously at the sight of her. Er, he began. Can I help you? said Susan. Er, I saw the light, see. Uh, I thought Violet was in, said the little man. He twiddled the pencil that was attached to his clipboard by a piece of string. Only, she's a bit behind with the teeth, and there's a bit of money owing, and Ernie's cart ain't come back, and it's got to go in my report. And I come round in case... "'in case she was ill or something. "'It not being nice being alone and ill at Hogswatch. "'She's not here,' said Susan. "'The man gave her a worried look and shook his head sadly. "'There's nearly thirteen dollars in pillow money, see. "'I'll have to report it. "'Who to? "'Has to go higher up, see. "'I just hope it's not going to be like that business in Querm, "'where the girls started robbing houses. "'We never heard the end of that one. "'Report to who?' "'And there's the ladder and the pliers.' "'The man went on in a litany against a world "'that had no understanding of what it meant "'to have to fill in an AF-17 report in triplicate. "'How can I keep track of stock-taking "'if people go around taking stock?' "'He shook his head. "'I don't know. "'They get the job, they think it's all nice sunny nights. "'They get a bit of sharp weather and suddenly it's "'Goodbye, Charlie, I'm off to be a waitress in the warm.' "'And then there's Ernie, I know him.' "'It's a nip to keep out the cold, "'and then another one to keep it company, "'and then a third in case the other two get lost. (laughs) "'It's all going to have to go down in my report, you know. "'And who's going to get the blame? "'I'll tell you.' "'It's going to be you, isn't it?' said Susan. "'She was almost hypnotised. "'The man even had a fringe of worried hair "'and a small worried moustache, "'and the voice suggested exactly that here was a man "'who at the end of the world would worry "'that it would be blamed on him. "'That's right,' he said but in a slightly grudging voice. He was not about to allow a bit of understanding to lighten his day. And the girls all go on about the job, but I tell them they've got it easy. It's just basically ladder work. They don't have to spend their evenings knee-deep in paper and making shortfalls good out of their own money, I might add. You employ the tooth fairies, said Susan quickly. The ogod was still vertical, but his eyes had glazed over. The little man preened slightly. Sort of, he said. Basically, I run bulk collection and dispatch. Where to? He stared at her. Sharp, direct questions weren't his forte. I just sees to it they gets on the cart, he mumbled. When they're on the cart and Ernie signed the GV19 for 'em, that's it done and finished. Only like I said he ain't turned up this week and... "'A whole cart for a handful of teeth? "'Well, there's the food for the guards, and here, who are you, anyway? "'What are you doing here?' "'Susan straightened up. "'I don't have to put up with this,' she said sweetly, to no one in particular. "'She leaned forward again. "'What cart are we talking about here, Charlie?' "'The O-God jolted away. "'The man in the brown coat shot backwards "'and splayed against the corridor wall as Susan advanced.' Comes Tuesdays, he panted. Here, what? And where does it go? You like I said, it's when he's... Signed the GV19 for them. It's you done and finished, said Susan in her normal voice. Yes, you said. What's Violet's full name? She never mentioned it. The man hesitated. I said... Violet Butler. Thank you. And Ernie's gone too, said Charlie, continuing more or less on autopilot. I call that suspicious. I mean, he's got a wife and everything. Won't be the first man to get his head turned by thirteen dollars and a pretty ankle. And, of course, no one thinks about muggins who has to carry the can. I mean, supposing we was all to get it in our heads to run off with young women. He gave Susan the stern look of one who if it was not for the fact that the world needed him, would even now be tiring of painting naked young ladies on some tropical island somewhere. "'What happens to the teeth?' said Susan. He blinked at her. "'A bully,' thought Susan. "'A very small, weak, very dull bully, "'who doesn't manage any real bullying "'because there's hardly anyone smaller and weaker than him, "'so he just makes everyone's lives just that little bit more difficult.' "'What sort of a question is that?' he managed in the face of her stare you never wondered said susan and added to herself i didn't did anyone well it's not my job i just oh yes you said said susan thank you you've been very helpful thank you very much the man stared at her and then turned and ran down the stairs drat said susan that's a very unusual swear word said the o god nervously It's so easy, said Susan. If I want to, I can find anybody. It's a family trait. Oh, good. No, have you any idea how hard it is to be normal? The things you have to remember, how to go to sleep, how to forget things, what doorknobs are for? Why ask him, she thought, as she looked at his shocked face. All that's normal for him is remembering to throw up what someone else drank. Oh, come on, she said, and hurried towards the stairs. It was so easy to slip into immortality, to ride the horse, to know everything. And every time you did, it brought closer the day when you could never get off and never forget. Death was hereditary. You got it from your ancestors. Where are we going now? said the O-God. Down to the YMPA, said Susan. The old man in the hovel looked uncertainly at the feast spread in front of him. He sat on his stool, as curled up on himself, as a spider in a flame. "'Oh, he'd got a bit of a mess of beans cooking,' he mumbled, looking at his visitors through filmy eyes. "'Good heavens, you can't eat beans at Hogswatch,' said the king, smiling hugely. "'That's terribly unlucky, eating beans at Hogswatch, my word, yes.' "'Didn't know that,' the old man said, looking down desperately at his lap. "'We've brought you this magnificent spread, don't you think so?' ''I bet you're incredibly grateful for it, too,'' said the page sharply. ''Yeah, well, of course it's very kind of you, gentlemen,'' said the old man in a voice the size of a mouse. He blinked, uncertain of what to do next. ''The turkey's hardly been touched. Still plenty of meat on it,'' said the king, ''and do have some of this cracking good widgeon stuffed with swan's liver. ''Only I'm partial to a bowl of beans and I've never been beholden to no one or nobody.'' "'the old man said, staring at his lap. "'Good heavens, man, you don't need to worry about that,' "'said the king heartily. "'It's watch. "'I was only just now looking out of the window "'and I saw you plodding through the snow "'and I said to young Germain here, "'I said, "'Who's that chappie?' "'And he said, "'Oh, he's some peasant fellow "'who lives up by the forest.' "'And I said, "'Well, I couldn't eat another thing "'and it's Hogswatch after all, "'and so we just bundled everything up "'and here we are.' ''And I expect you're pathetically thankful,'' said the page. ''I expect we've brought a ray of light into your dark tunnel of a life, Hm? ''Yes, well, of course. Only I'd been saving him for weeks, see, and there's some bacon potatoes under the fire. I found them in the cellar, and the mice hardly touched them.'' The old man never raised his eyes from knee level. ''And our dad brought me up never to ask for...'' Listen. "'said the king, raising his voice a little. "'I've walked miles to-night, "'and I bet you've never seen food like this in your whole life, huh?' "'Tears of humiliated embarrassment were rolling down the old man's face. "'Well, I'm sure it's very kind of you, fine gentlemen, "'but I ain't sure I knows how to eat swans and such-like, "'but if you want a bit of my beans, you've only got to say.' "'Let me make myself absolutely clear,' said the king sharply, "'This is some genuine hogs-watch charity, do you understand? "'And we're going to sit here and watch the smile on your grubby but honest face. "'Is that understood?' "'Hend what do you say to the good king,' the page prompted. "'The peasant hung his head. "'Thank you.' "'Right,' said the king, sitting back. "'Now, pick up your fork.' "'The door burst open. "'An indistinct figure strode into the room, snow swirling around it in a cloud. "'What's going on here?' The page started to stand up, drawing his sword. He never worked out how the other figure could have got behind him, but there it was, pressing him gently down again. ''Hello, son, my name is Albert,'' said a voice by his ear. ''Why don't you put that sword back very slowly? People might get hurt.'' A finger prodded the king, who had been too shocked to move. ''What do you think you are doing, sire?'' The king tried to focus on the figure. There was an impression of red and white, but black too. To Albert's secret amazement, the man managed to get to his feet and draw himself up as regally as he could. "'What is going on here, whoever you are, is some fine old watch charity, and who—' "'No, it's not.' "'What? How dare you?' "'Were you here last month? Will you be here next week? No, but tonight you wanted to feel all warm inside.' "'Tonight you will want them to say what a good king he is!' "'Oh, no, he's going too far again,' muttered Albert under his breath. "'He pushed the page down again. "'No, you stay still, Sonny, else you'll just be a paragraph.' "'Whatever it is, it's more than he's got,' snapped the king, "'and all we've had from him is ingratitude.' "'Yes, that does spoil it, doesn't it?' "'Death leaned forward. "'Go away!' To the king's own surprise, his body took over and marched him out of the door. Albert patted the page on the shoulder. ''And you can run along too,'' he said. ''I didn't mean to go upsetting anyone. That's just that I never asked no one for nothing,'' mumbled the old man in a small, humble world of his own, his hands tangling themselves together out of nervousness. ''Best if you lead this one to me, master, if you don't mind,'' said Albert. ''I'll be back in just a tick.'' ''Loose ends,'' he thought. ''That's my job, tying up loose ends.'' The master never thinks things through. He caught up with the king outside. Ah, there you are, sire, he said, just before you go, won't keep you a minute, just a minor point. Albert leaned close to the stunned monarch. If anyone was thinking about making a mistake, you know, like maybe sending the guards down here tomorrow, tipping the old man out of his hovel, chucking him in prison, anything like that, well, that's the kind of mistake he ought to treasure on account of it being the last mistake you will ever make. "'A word to the wise men, right?' "'He tapped the side of his nose conspiratorially. "'Happy Ogswatch.' "'Then he hurried back into the hovel. "'The feast had vanished. "'The old man was looking blearily at the bare table. "'Half-eaten leavings,' said Death. "'We could certainly do better than this.' "'He reached into the sack. "'Albert grabbed his arm before he could withdraw his hand. "'Mind taking a bit of advice, Master? "'I was brung up in a place like this.' "'Does it bring tears to your eyes?' "'a box of matches to me hand, more like. "'Listen.' "'The old man was only dimly aware of some whispering. "'He sat hunched up, staring at nothing. "'Well, if you are sure.' "'Been there, done that, chewed the bones,' said Albert. "'Charity ain't giving people what you wants to give, "'it's giving people what they need to get.' "'Very well.' "'Death reached into the sack again. "'Happy Hog's Watch! ho, ho, ho!' "'There was a string of sausages. "'There was a side of bacon.' and a small tub of salt pork, and a mass of chitterlings wrapped up in greased paper. There was a black pudding. There were several other tubs of disgusting yet savoury pork-adjacent items, highly prized in any pig-based economy, and laid on the table with a soft thump, there was a pig's head, breathed the old man, a whole one, ain't had brawn in years, and a basin of pig knuckles, and a bowl of pork dripping. Ho, 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 ''Amazing,'' said Albert. ''How did you get the hedge expression to look like the king?'' ''I think that's accidental.'' Albert patted the old man on the back. ''Have yourself a ball,'' he said. ''In fact, have two. Now I think we ought to be going, master.'' They left the old man staring at the laden board. ''Wasn't that nice?'' said Death, as the hogs accelerated. ''Oh, yes,'' said Albert, shaking his head. ''Poor old devil. Beans at hog watch?'' unlucky that, not a night for a man to find a bean in his bowl. I feel I was cut out for this sort of thing, you know. Really, Master? It's nice to do a job where people look forward to seeing you. Ah, said Albert, glumly, they don't normally look forward to seeing me. Yes, I expect so, except in special and rather unfortunate circumstances. Right, right. And they seldom leave a glass of sherry out. "'I expect they don't know. "'I could get into the habit of doing this, in fact.' "'But you won't need to, will you, Master?' said Albert hurriedly, "'with the horrible prospect of being a permanent pixie Albert "'looming in his mind again. "'Because we'll get the Hogfather back, right? "'That's what you said we were going to do, right? "'And young Susan's probably bustling around?' "'Yes, of course. "'Not that you asked her to, of course.' "'Albert's jittery ears didn't detect any enthusiasm.' "'Oh, dear,' he thought. "'I have always chosen the path of duty.' "'Right, master,' the sleigh sped on. "'I am thoroughly in control and firm of purpose.' "'No problem there then, master,' said Albert. "'No need to worry at all.' "'Pleased to hear it, master.' "'If I had a first name, duty would be my middle name.' "'Good.' "'Nevertheless,' Albert strained his ears and thought he heard, just on the edge of hearing, a voice whisper sadly. Ho, ho, ho. There was a party going on. It seemed to occupy the entire building. Certainly very energetic young men, said the O-God carefully, stepping over a wet towel. Are women allowed in here? No, said Susan. She stepped through a wall into the superintendent's office. A group of young men went past, manhandling a barrel of beer... You'll feel bad about it in the morning, said Billius. Strong drink is a mocker, you know. They set it up on a table and knocked out the bung. Someone's going to have to be sick after all that, he said, raising his voice above the hubbub. I hope you realise that. You think it's clever, do you, reducing yourself to the level of the beasts of the field? Or the level they'd sink to if they drank, I mean. They moved away, leaving one mug of beer by the barrel. The ogod glanced at it and picked it up and sniffed it. "'Ugh!' Susan stepped out of the wall. "'He hasn't been back for a- What are you doing?' "'I thought I'd see what beer tastes like,' said the ogod god guiltily. "'You don't know what beer tastes like?' "'Not on the way down, no. It's quite different. By the time it gets to me,' he said sourly. "'He took another sip and then a longer one. "'I can't see what all the fuss is about,' he added. "'He tipped up the empty pot.' ''I suppose it comes out of this tap here,'' he said. ''You know, for once in my existence I'd like to get drunk.'' ''Aren't you always?'' said Susan, who wasn't really paying attention. ''No, I've always been drunk. I'm sure I explained.'' ''He's been gone a couple of days,'' said Susan. ''That's odd, and he didn't say where he was going. ''The last night he was here was the night he was on Violet's list, ''but he paid for his room for the week and I've got the number.'' ''And the key?'' said the ogod. ''What a strange idea.'' Mr. Lillywhite's room was small. That wasn't surprising. What was surprising was how neat it was, how carefully the little bed had been made, how well the floor had been swept. It was hard to imagine anyone living in it, but there were a few signs. On the simple table by the bed was a small, rather crude portrait of a bulldog in a wig, although on closer inspection it might have been a woman. This tentative hypothesis was borne out by the inscription to a good boy from his mother on the back. A book lay next to it. Susan wondered what kind of reading someone with Mr Banjo's background would buy. It turned out to be a book of six pages, one of those that were supposed to enthrall children with the magic of the printed word by pointing out that they could see, spot, run. There were no more than ten words on each page, and yet carefully placed between pages four and five was a bookmark. She turned back to the cover. The book was called Happy Tales. There was a blue sky and trees and a couple of impossibly pink children playing with a jolly-looking dog. "'It looked as though it had been read frequently, if slowly. "'And that was it. A dead end. "'No, perhaps not. "'On the floor, by the bed, as if it had been accidentally dropped, "'was a small, silvery half-dollar piece. "'Susan picked it up and tossed it idly. "'She looked the O-God up and down. "'He was swilling a mouthful of beer from cheek to cheek "'and looking thoughtfully at the ceiling. "'She wondered about his likelihood of survival incarnate "'in Ark morpork at Hogswatch.' "'especially if the cure wore off. "'After all, the only purpose of his existence "'was to have a headache and throw up. "'There were not a great many postgraduate jobs "'for which these were the main qualifications. "'Tell me,' she said, "'have you ever ridden a horse?' "'I don't know. What's a horse?'